Good morning. My, my name is Peter Kroll. I am one of the elders. This morning we'll be in Proverbs chapter 4. If you have one of the church Bibles from out in the lobby, that's on page 496. <clears throat> Over the decades that I've been a Christian, I've often heard Christian people divide decisions into two categories, sin issues and wisdom issues. The idea is that you've got some decision to make. Should I start dating or even marry this person? Or what jobs should I apply for or which offers should I accept? And in the process of making that decision, the thinking is that you first got to figure out all the sin issues so you can stay far away from them. It's a sin to marry a non-Christian. All right, check. It's a sin to hire myself out as an assassin. Okay, check. And then after you've cleared away all the sin issues... What you've got left are wisdom issues. Would it be wise for me to marry at age 18 or should I wait until age 22 or beyond? Would it be wiser for me to work for a company close to home or one farther away that pays better? Where, what's the wisdom here? Now, it's good to recognize that God's will is often very clear and Christian ethics are not like pirate guidelines, which all good pirates know to be situational or operational or optional. But this kind of thinking becomes highly problematic if we start thinking of sin issues as mandatory and wisdom issues as elective. As though it doesn't really matter to God what we do. Because this way of thinking is completely opposite to how the book of Proverbs describes the wisdom of God. So if you get only one thing from this sermon, please get this. Wisdom is not optional. Whatever you do over the next half hour, please get the right prize. And whatever you do when you leave this service and move on with your week, please walk the right path. Those two points you can see in your outline there, these are not two different things. They're merely two ways of saying the same thing, which is that wisdom is not optional. Your life depends on it. Let me pray for us as we get ready to read God's word. <clears throat> our Father in heaven, please open our eyes that we might see and understand that wisdom is not optional. This is the way of life that you have set out before us. And strengthen us, give us eyes to see Jesus and his grace to us in this text. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, wisdom is not optional. Therefore, please get the right prize. Let me read verses 1 through 9. 
of Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Friends, wisdom is not optional. Therefore, please get the right prize. The key to this poem is in verses 5 through 7, where he fires off a rapid succession of commands as from an spiritual automatic assault weapon. Get wisdom. Get insight. Don't forget. Don't turn away. Don't forsake her. Love her. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get... Get insight. You see, the counsel in these verses is some of the most important counsel you could ever receive. If you get only one thing in life, make sure it is wisdom. Going through life without getting God's wisdom would be like always going to the cafeteria but forgetting to eat. Or going for a walk without using your legs. Or going to the library without reading any books. Or calling someone on the phone but refusing to speak any words out loud. On the journey of life, wisdom is not optional. This morning, God's instruction to you from his word is very clear. There are some parts of the Bible that are hard to understand. And this is not one of them. This is not difficult to understand and it is not too hard for you. He says that there is one thing you need this week. There is but one thing you ought to spend your time on. If you get anything out of your week this week, verse 7, whatever you get, get wisdom. And if you get only one thing from this sermon, please get wisdom. Now, you need to know something about this charge to get wisdom. You need to know that even though this part of Proverbs was composed by a king of Israel named Solomon, this charge, this particular charge to get wisdom was not Solomon's own idea. He says in verse 3 that he learned this himself when he was but a boy. The speech of verses 4 through 9 is not the speech of Solomon, but it is the speech of his father, David. And this fact ought to give us tremendous encouragement. Why is that? 
This ought to encourage us because it means that the idea of getting wisdom did not arise from Solomon's own heart. It did not come out of the depths, the recesses of his mind. He heard it from his dad. And why ought that to encourage us? Well, there's a story in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3, right after Solomon first becomes king, when God appears to Solomon in a dream and invites him to ask God for anything he wants. Anything. This is so wild. It's as close as the Bible ever gets to a a genie in a bottle giving someone three wishes. Solomon gets just one wish and he can ask God, the creator of everything, for anything. Can you believe what Solomon asked for? Neither the riches of China nor the power of Egypt. No, he asks God for wisdom. And why did he ask for that? It was not because he happened to have a spontaneous flash of brilliance that day. It's simply what his dad had always told him to ask for. Friends, this is encouraging because one day there will come your own moment of truth, your own time of reckoning. And when that moment comes, your greatest need will not be for spontaneous brilliance or sharp wit. Your greatest need will be that you simply pay attention to what you have heard up to that point. So please pay attention now as David and Solomon And the Lord Jesus Christ, and now I as your preacher, beg of you, whatever you get, get wisdom. Now, how does this apply? This will be different for everybody. But please figure out what you need to do to get wisdom this week. Because wisdom is not optional. Maybe you need to read your Bible more consistently. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible at all. Maybe you need to read other books besides the Bible. Maybe you need to read less junk and more substance. Maybe you need to watch less television to free up the time for this. Maybe you need to watch more television to understand our culture better and get wisdom from having done so. Maybe you need to get out more and just talk to people. Maybe you need to be more discerning about who you spend most of your time with. I don't know what it is for you. But friends, wisdom is not optional. Try to come up with one thing to do this week. And if your life already focuses on getting wisdom, then please keep it up. Great job. Keep going. But if you can't remember the last time you actually learned something on your own about anything, then now is the time to break that streak. Because wisdom is not optional.
Wisdom is not reserved for the super Christian. Wisdom is standard issue gear for every soldier in Christ's army. Wisdom is the food and drink for the Christian's stomach, and wisdom is the oxygen for the Christian's lungs. People sometimes talk about leafy greens and juicy berries and fatty fish as brain foods. But the only nourishing food for the Christian brain is wisdom. Wisdom is not optional. And as verse 4 puts it, Keeping this command to get wisdom will make you live. This is your life. Wisdom, in verse 6, will keep you and guard you. If you ignore or ditch wisdom, you are giving up your life. You are walking into danger without a bodyguard. So as you go about sucking up wisdom like a business-grade automotive vacuum at the car wash, you need to know that your quest for wisdom will not go unrewarded. Wisdom gives out just as many accolades as she gets. In verse 8, prize her and she will exalt you. Embrace her, she will honor you. Verse 9, she will crown you with glory and with beauty. Friends, God's wisdom will not let you down. Wisdom comes with an all-expense-paid trip toward glory. Would you like to go on such a trip? Would you like to get yourself to a place where the sun never sets and the beach is always open and there are no sharks? (laughs) Because Solomon's first point in this chapter is that wisdom is not optional. Wisdom will get you there. So if you get only one thing, make sure to get the right prize. Wisdom. In the next part of the chapter, Solomon has another point to make. And the second point is, get this, wisdom is not optional. He's going to say the same thing. He's just going to say it in a different way to help us get it. So let's not miss the point as we learn, secondly, to walk the right path. Walk the right path, verses 10 through 19. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Friends, wisdom is not optional. This poem paints a picture of two roads proceeding from a T-intersection. 
You've come to this intersection. This is the journey. Which direction will you take? Brothers and sisters, please listen to what I have to say. Verse 10. Your years, if you listen, will be many. Even if some of you suffer tragedy and don't live in this body as long as others, the years of the wise to live in covenant with their creator God will have no end. Verse 11, he says, I can teach you And I have led you in paths of uprightness. Friends, I can instruct you about wisdom. I can show you the way. I can show you how wisdom is a journey and not a destination. I can show you how wisdom moves in the right direction, facing the Lord. How it moves us away from ourselves and away from our self-love and our self-interest. I can warn you about the dangers of greed and immorality. All these things we've seen in these first four chapters. I can show you the immeasurable value of knowing and becoming like God. Dear friends, I can show you this path, but I cannot walk it for you. Only you can choose to walk this path. If you do take this path, verse 12, your steps will not be hampered. When you need to run, you will not stumble. The only way this can work in verse 13 is if you hold on to this instruction and do not let it go. Up in verse 6, he had said that wisdom keeps you and guards you so you can live. But here in verse 13, he flips it. He says it's also your job to keep and to guard wisdom because she is your life. If anything else is your life, your hope, your joy, you will stray from this path. Especially in verse 14. Don't step foot on the path of the wicked. Those who are consumed only with themselves. Friends, don't even check out their path from curiosity. Don't bother with it. Your small choices there will have large consequences. So don't even bother to go there. Verse 15, he pummels us with commands. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. This will help you when you face your moment of truth like Solomon did. And you get to ask for or put into practice what you have been pursuing your whole life to that point. You can face the right direction and get moving on the right path. In verses 16 and 17, he says that those who walk the path of folly, that is the path of wicked and compulsive self-love, they will eventually find no rest unless they do evil to others. They can't sleep Unless they hurt someone first. Their food and their drink in verse 17 are wickedness and violence. They live only for themselves. They will pretend to be your friends. But then they will quickly turn to mock you or even crush you if it suits their desires. And we can look at that and say, well, I'm not that bad. I'm just doing a little bit of 
self-interest. But friends, even if it takes you a while, a long time to become this bad, the road of self-love is a road taking you further and further in this direction. Friends, your self-interest will not get you where you want to go. That is the path toward compulsive competition and rivalry to the point of violence toward others. And the end of that path is a hell of your own making where everyone lives only for themselves and they can't even fall asleep without first hurting someone else. Friends, this is why wisdom is not optional. Because that is the natural path humanity is on until God intervenes and gives us life through his wisdom. And with that, as I walk through this text, we we arrive at my favorite verse in the entire book of Proverbs. Verse 18. I'll read it once again. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. If you hold on to the instruction you've learned from this book and you walk this path of wisdom toward the Lord and away from yourself, then your path is a righteous path and it according to this verse is like the morning sun it is like a sunrise your path will grow brighter and brighter and brighter bit by bit by bit step by step by step until you reach the full day of consummated communion with god himself I would like to show you something I brought for you today. I brought for you within this very folder a sunrise. And not only one, but two of them. Drawn by my two of my daughters more than four years ago to help me teach this favorite verse of mine. I want you to see God's Wisdom built into the fabric of God's creation. I want to give you new eyes to see God's world so that whenever you look at the sky and you see that sun, you'll remember this that your walk with God on this path of wisdom is a slow and steady process like the sun rising slowly from morning to noon. You will not become a Jedi master of wisdom after one sermon series in the book of Proverbs. It will take a lifetime. But just as every day starts with a new sunrise, every day you have a new opportunity to walk on this path. No matter how much you have loved yourself, no matter how much sin you have committed, no matter how guilty 
or ashamed or angry or discouraged you feel. You can start again today and you can start again tomorrow. This is the grace of Jesus Christ for you. You see, Moses, early in Israel's history, Moses opened a door to life for the people of Israel. In the book of Deuteronomy, he holds up God's law and he holds up life and death before them, the way of obedience or disobedience toward God. But there was a problem because sinful people couldn't walk through his door and they took the dark path. And here in the book of Proverbs, Solomon reopens the door to that path. Life and death lie before you, so walk the way of wisdom. But selfish people cannot walk this path. And so we need a better Moses and we need a better Solomon to open the door for us. To show us the way to life. We needed Jesus to come along and tell us that he is the door, as he says in John chapter 10. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, the only way to get to the Father is through him. The problem is that selfish, sinful people are just not able to turn away from themselves and get moving toward the Lord. So Jesus says, don't fear, I've got you covered. And he took on our sin to the point where the scriptures even say that he became sin. And he died for it. So you and I don't have to pay for it anymore. In fact, we've been set free now and the spirit of Jesus dwells in his people. So you are free to finally walk this path. Jesus himself beckons you when he says in Matthew 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Friends, I urge you to take one step on this way to life. Just one step. It comes through Jesus who is our wisdom. Finding wisdom means finding more of Jesus. Today, do just one thing to help you get God's wisdom and to find more of Jesus. And tomorrow, do one more thing. Have the courage to ask God to give you his wisdom. Your life depends on it. And have the courage to trust that God has your best interests at heart and that he is more valuable to you than anything else you could desire. Your life depends on it. So please believe me when I tell you that wisdom is worth it, that knowing God is worth it, that Jesus is the king of heaven and earth and that he deserves your complete loyalty because wisdom 
is not optional. For those who refuse to acknowledge Jesus as king, verse 19 of Proverbs 4 issues a sober observation that the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. See, you reject all of this, you turn aside from it, you just want to do what you want to do. You can walk along your own path, but you can't even see where you are going. You don't even realize what you're stumbling over. And is that not such a picture of our generation? A generation that is perhaps wealthier than ever before in human history and yet more depressed than ever before in human history. We have the global community at our scrolling and tapping fingertips. And yet the failure to find transcendent meaning in life has never been so pronounced. We push and we promote every sort of identity people can think of for themselves. And yet we are still so terribly confused about what makes someone a boy or a girl. Or how to care for very real yet unborn human beings. Or how to respect people who are different than we are. Do you ever feel like you are stumbling in the dark? There is a way for you to find your purpose, to find your life. And it's in Jesus and his wisdom. Remember, it doesn't matter what role you have in the church or how many years you've been reading the Bible. You can take one step today and another step tomorrow and then another and then another like the sunrise. The main thing you need is to just make steady progress, to endure until the end. And when you finally cross the finish line, when either you die or Jesus returns, you won't regret a single step you took along that path toward him. If you get only one thing from this sermon, please get this. Wisdom is not optional. Think of it as getting the right prize. If that image motivates you. Or think of it as walking the right path. If that metaphor motivates you. Either way, your life is ahead of you. And God is ready and waiting to continue doling out that life to those who seek him through Jesus Christ. Such life is not optional. Wisdom is not optional. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not optional. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, Lord, you are the only wise God, and so we hope in you and the Lord Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, knowing you, So, Lord, we love you. Help us to see and recognize the life that you long to give us. Help us to turn aside from death. Forgive us.
for all the times we run headfirst toward death thinking it will be life. Mm -hmm. Thinking that wisdom will be optional and we can pick it up later. Lord, you give us a new opportunity every day, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to do it today. We can wait till tomorrow. Help us to pursue you today and tomorrow and the next day and all the rest of the days until the end. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.